Section three of the Rainbow Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Velma Karras. The Rainbow Book by Mabel Henrietta Spielman. Adventures in Wizardland. Chapter three. The Bird Fairy Speaks the children had been so busy chattering of fun to come that it was all of a sudden they realized they were in a glade which looked quite enchanting and with so many daisies about that dulcie wanted to sit down and weave those they gathered into a chain don't wait for that said cyril carry them in my handkerchief but when he felt in his pockets the handkerchief was not there he must have dropped it Dulcie proposed that they should retrace their steps, but sweet sounds of innumerable birds came from the high trees around and filled the air, and they stayed to listen to the concert of trills, chirrups, gentle call notes, cadences, and bursts of tremulous song. And now, against the deep blue sky, hovered what looked like a cloud, which suddenly separated and descended and the twins found themselves face to face with a most lovely being, surrounded by a ring of exquisite little creatures who danced to the continuous music of the wood. Cyril and Dulcie gazed at their beautiful companion, who stepped toward them smiling graciously. She looked like a lovely young girl. Draped about her was a wondrous garment of feathers of every hue, but she was strange indeed for her hands clasped behind her drew close together two enormous wings which sprouted from her shoulders and formed part of her white arms whilst upon her shapely head among her black tresses was the aigret of the peacock her attendants had no aigret and their feathered draperies were of sober brown they were much smaller too smaller even than the twins i am the bird fairy she said in cooing tones and you are in need of advice i can not exactly thanks you are pretty stammered cyril interrupting it's because we want to go our own way at home we he stopped in order to shake off dulcie who was tugging at his jacket if you please asked dulcie shyly what advice it would be exactly contrary to the wizards and the fairy looked serious thanks very much interrupted cyril but we do want to seek our fortunes to go on our adventures it is a grand thing to do he explained especially for her she's a girl besides we can't cross the brook as children don't use those cat's eyes and it might be possible that is if you are willing be warned let me carry you quickly to the other side and then run home said the bird fairy anxiously cyril shook his head so dulcie shook hers it's always don't he muttered it's sure to be all right dulcie he said turning to her are you sure she inquired vaguely with a lingering glance at the fairy who had turned away sadly it must be 
if we keep that last change as we arranged. From the trees now issued forth sweet wood birds of many kinds. The air was thick with them. They circled three times round the fairy ring, and then all flew away, and the children were once more alone. Wasn't that beautiful? Ah, <sighs> sighed Dulcie, looking after them. I wish I could be one of them and sing like them. Hardly were the words out of her mouth when Cyril began to stare about in amazement. His sister was nowhere to be seen. Her disappearance was so rapid that the earth might have swallowed her up. Dulcie, Dulcie, he cried. Wherever are you? Come back at once when I tell you. Nothing stirred in the stillness except the waving branches of the tall trees, and a little bird that came and perched upon his shoulder and began softly to trill into his ear what meant nothing to him. He stroked its smooth plumage. His hand touched something hard around its throat. He parted the feathers and found a golden circlet set with cat's eyes, one of which was missing. Oh! he exclaimed. It's her! He was too flustered to talk grammar. How fearfully quick the change came about! Only just a slight hint like that! I say, we shall have to look out. I wonder how you like it, you pretty little bird. I wish I could understand those chirping sounds. Instantly, he became like her, a lark. He understood her at once, and the pair flew away, singing gaily as they rose together, fluttering up and up, soaring high and ever higher into the blue azure of the cloudless sky. Never was there such a blissful sensation as that, flying heavenward to the music of their own making. Dancing at a party to the accompaniment of a piano was mere ordinary child's play compared to the invigorating delight of this new experience. The earth looked like a map, and they realized now what was meant by a bird's eye view. After a time, still singing, they dropped quickly down to earth. Then Cyril led the way into the wood, where they perched in one of the highest trees, and they hopped about, scanning their surroundings and awaiting the visits of other little feathered inhabitants whose acquaintance they expected to make. In the meantime, they gleaned various scraps of news from certain twitterings in the adjoining branches, some of which they clearly overheard. And it came as a shock that these twitterings were mostly complaints about the scarcity of provisions, about starvation among the weak birds who could not compete against the strong, about the unfair scrambling for titbits which caused grievous bodily harm. Then a painful rumor was discussed about poor little Mother Starling, who had been taken unawares by a wild beast with terrible whiskers, who was seen to pounce upon her and carry her off, and her husband, who still went about vainly calling his mate and would not be comforted. They heard how, in the hospitals under the hedges, things were in a bad way. How one patient was down with a broken wing, with no hope of getting well in time to migrate, and of others incurable and resigned. All this so depressed the two joyous young larks that they flew some distance away. 
when through the leaves they discovered in the tree next to them nothing less than the beautiful bird fairy reclining asleep in the branches with her retinue of little sprites in various attitudes all around her their shining eyes wide open on guard the absolute silence proved too monotonous for our lively pair so away they flew again miles and miles away into the open country enjoying to the fullest freedom found at last feeding in the sun-gilded fields drinking from the pools bathing in the sandy roads and flying for all they were worth in their youthful spirits life like this was life indeed their happiness seemed complete when a sudden sense of horror struck them both at the same time and hardly had they realized it when they noticed something very large which had been poised above swooping towards them striking terror into their souls as it came it was a sparrow-hawk and death was upon them instinctively they swerved out of its terrible course and commenced a series of short zigzag flights their eyes starting nearly out of their little heads with fright the enemy was strong on the wing and remorseless in purpose the poor larks with hearts fluttering wildly were becoming feeble and less alert the next second the hawk would seize one of its prey the little bird gave an agonized chirp dropped like a stone to the ground and changed into dulcie affrighted and panting for breath she looked anxiously upwards her pursuer balked turned and darted upon its second quarry too late cyril had taken the strong hint had also wished and now stood in safety on the ground beside her come on he shouted to the surprised and baffled enemy come on now and i'll wring your ugly neck but the bird didn't want to accept his polite invitation and a moment later it was out of sight and out of mind and the children found they were again alone in the beautiful glade i don't want to be a bird any more said dulcie when she had recovered her composure no it's too risky admitted her brother when that big dark thing came in sight there was so little time to think what to do that second too he added with a shudder when i thought the brute had got you was too awful she felt quite important now at having gone through such peril i could never have imagined that birds had such a lot to put up with mused cyril as they walked on hunger and suffering with the risk any moment of being gobbled up there ought to be someone to take care of the poor things remarked dulcie if it hadn't been for the cat's eyes we should have been eaten up and ended like that she glanced at the bracelet on her wrist and added with a timid look at her brother it seems safer as we are bosh he rejoined we want adventures that's what we're going for and freedom we had a ripping time as larks till the end it certainly wasn't very comfortable then end of section three